This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Good morning on this Tuesday, January 3rd. You're listening to WNBF. On January 1st at approximately 5.45 p.m., Broome County Sheriff's deputies responded to Route 7 near Hancock Road in the town of Colesville for a hit-and-run motor vehicle accident involving a bicyclist. Community members found the bicyclist near the accident scene and provided immediate first aid until the arrival of EMS and law enforcement. The victim, Brennan Loveless, a 13-year-old male of Sanitaria Springs, was transported by EMS to Wilson Hospital and subsequently to Syracuse Children's Hospital for treatment. The victim sustained significant life-threatening injuries and was pronounced deceased at the Syracuse Children's Hospital. The subsequent investigation thus far has determined that a pickup truck traveling east on Route 7 struck the victim and continued driving away from the scene. Members of the Broome County Sheriff's Office Accident Reconstruction Team and Detective Division responded to the scene. Photos of the suspect truck were released and generated valuable tips by community members. On January 2nd at around 5.30 a.m., a vehicle operator called the Sheriff's Office to report a motor vehicle accident on Bevere Street in the town of Kirkwood. The operator alleged to have swerved into a ditch to avoid striking a deer. The subsequent investigation revealed this vehicle was in fact the one involved in the fatal accident on January 1st. The investigation has revealed that Bradley A. Law, 34 years old, of Harpersville, was the operator of the vehicle and struck the victim causing fatal injuries. Bradley will be charged with criminally negligent homicide, a Class E felony, and leaving the scene of a fatal motor vehicle accident, a Class D felony. Tips from the community were key in the investigation, and Sheriff Akshar would like to extend his gratitude for their assistance. Sheriff Fred Akshar said, I'd like to applaud and commend the expertise and tireless work of the men and women of the Broome County Sheriff's Office for their quick response and steady action in responding to this terrible accident, for bringing this individual into custody, and for helping bring some closure to the family of the victim. I'd also like to thank the people of our community for stepping up and providing key information to the Broome County Sheriff's Office Detective Division to aid in their investigation and help ensure justice will be served. Mayor Jared Cram on Friday announced the appointment of Sophie Bergman as Binghamton City Court Judge. Sophie Bergman brings to the bench extensive courtroom experience and a true commitment to justice, said Mayor Jared Cram. She is both a seasoned prosecutor and a compassionate public servant with a history of fighting for crime victims in our community. Sophie's meaningful track record as an attorney makes her an outstanding choice for city court judge. Bergman will fill the city court vacancy created by Carol Cacciola, who was elected to serve as a Broome County Court judge in November. Bergman's appointment is effective January 9th. She said, I'm honored to be appointed by Mayor Cram as a Binghamton City court judge. As someone who lives, works, and is raising a family in the city of Binghamton, I am humbled and grateful that our mayor has chosen me for this appointment and look forward to serving the citizens of the city in this position. Bergman's law career includes nearly a decade as a prosecutor with district attorney offices in Broome County and Warren County. In Broome County, she prosecuted major felony cases including homicide, violent crime, sexual assault, and drug cases with trial experience in county and local criminal courts. Bergman served as an assisted assistant district attorney, senior assistant district attorney, and chief of the Special Victims Bureau. Bergman later served as senior staff attorney for the Crime Victims Assistance Center, providing trauma-informed representation to crime victims in a variety of family, civil, and criminal matters. She's also worked in private legal practice at Hinman Howard and Cattell LLP and Jackson Bergman LLP. Bergman currently serves on the board of directors for the Catholic Schools of Broome County and Danielle House and is a member of the Broome County Bar Association. She is a prior board member of the WYCA of Binghamton and Broome County. 
and the Rise Domestic Violence Shelter. Bergman earned her law degree from Albany Law School and holds a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science from Union College. She lives on the west side with her husband and children. On January 1st, state police in Watertown arrested Miguel A. Harvey, age 23, from Watertown, New York, for robbery in the first degree, a Class B felony, and criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, a Class D felony. Harvey is charged with threatening his mother with a box cutter and demanding money. The victim gave Harvey money, then he left the residence. Troopers located Harvey at a residence in the town of Watertown, where he was taken into custody without incident. Harvey was arraigned at CAP court and was held without bail due to having prior felony convictions. He is scheduled for a preliminary hearing on January 5th at the town of Watertown court. New York State Police at Oneonta is asking for the public's assistance with a missing person. Theodore Sikora, age 78, of Davenport, New York, has not had any contact with his friends or family in over two weeks. Sikora was last seen on December 23rd at a local gas station. He does not have a cell phone. Troopers have checked with relatives, friends, and local hospitals, but have not been able to locate Mr. Sikora. Anyone with information is asked to contact New York State Police at 607-561-7400. Prosecutors plan to seek a decades long prison sentence for a man who is expected to plead guilty this week to opening fire in a subway car and wounding 10 riders in an attack that shocked New York City. 63-year-old Frank James is scheduled to enter a guilty plea Tuesday in the April attack. Prosecutors told the judge in a court filing last week that they plan to ask him to go beyond the roughly 32 to 39-year sentence that federal sentencing guidelines would recommend for James. He was scheduled to stay in trial next month before his lawyers informed the judge on December 21st that he planned to plead guilty. Defense lawyers didn't immediately respond to a request for comment on Monday. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, showers likely mainly between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., then periods of rain after 10 a.m., some patchy fog between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m., a high near 54 degrees, chance of rain 100%. Tonight's showers mainly before 1 a.m., patchy fog between 9 p.m. and 2 a.m., a low near 52 degrees, chance of rain 80%. Wednesday, showers mainly afternoon, patchy fog after 1 p.m., a high near 56 degrees, chance of rain 90%. Wednesday night, showers likely mainly before 1 a.m., Cloudy with a low near 45 degrees, chance of rain 70%. And Thursday, a chance of showers mainly after 1 p.m., mostly cloudy with a high near 52, 30% chance of rain. Thursday night, chance of showers mostly cloudy with a low near 35 degrees, chance of rain 40%. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. I'm Joseph. Tuesday morning, January 3rd, 2023. Let's get it started. 607-772-1290 is the number. If you have something you've been thinking about saying on the radio, now would be a really good time to give me a call. In a crowded city Oh, 
starting another year of dancing and talking, and who knows what's ahead of us. The um, new year brings new opportunities, so we will see what opportunities ultimately present themselves right here on WNBF, 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. If you have um, thoughts, well, by all means, share them. I've said before on the program that I have no agenda. I mean, if there is an agenda, it's to inform and occasionally entertain, primarily to inform. So as the host of the program, I'll do my best to keep you informed of what's going on around the Binghamton area in the coming weeks and months. So I guess that's the agenda. As far as am I trying to uh, further any specific <laughs> causes? No, no specific cause, just more information more often. And that's what we've been doing now for well over a decade, so it does continue. So if you have anything eh, that you want to contribute, what I think might be helpful just as an exercise is if you have um, say an agenda that you would like to see happen in our area for 2023 because it is as they say the start of another year so there are certainly opportunities to be had and if, um, if that's something that you find exciting well, maybe you have an agenda. Redevelop Broome County. Redevelop the southern tier or the twin tiers. So whatever you think might be useful as we uh, look forward to the next chapter of our lives, feel free to call in. All right, let's go to the phones. Good morning, WNBF. I'm Bob Joseph. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? My name is Ron, and I expect uh, that I will get some special commendation or award, correct, for being the first caller in the new year? Well, that's a reasonable expectation. I thought so. So what am I getting? Excuse me? So what am I getting? Oh, I didn't say you're getting anything. I said that's a reasonable expectation. You're, you're not getting anything, but that I, I will be the. I'll go along with you. That's a reasonable expectation, and sure would be nice if we honored the first caller of the year with cash prizes and, of course, a brand new car. But yeah, theoretically, <laughs> yeah. Theoretically. I, I mean, I'm not ruling something out. I mean, I had this jar of Vegemite that. Ah. has been opened but unused. You know, I got thinking about it over the last few days, and I, I don't know that I had revealed this to you. I think I did at one point, that the Vegemite that you so thoughtfully gifted me months or years ago, um, one of the things I'm troubled by is I did open it up. And now, so it's it, the seal has been broken, so now it's probably gone bad. Oh, no. No, uh, Vegemite uh, has the same characteristics of 
uranium-235. It has a half-life that uh, will extend into way past your gun, and it will be safe to eat. Uh, that's the beauty of Vegemite. All right. It can be, uh, you know, you could, you could have the top off forever. I saw that, according to research, and veg, Vegemite aficionado suggested that, but I, I figured I'd run that by you first because I don't want to shock people when I finally do get around to sampling Vegemite. It turns out, well, if only you had paid attention to all the warnings and not used Vegemite that had been opened uh, some months ago, so I I do feel I feel strongly that this is the year that I will try Vegemite for the first time. Well, I uh, am not a molecular chemist nor biologist, but I do play one on the radio from time to time. And <laughs> thankfully, you do. So um, I mentioned that today might be a good day for people to uh, talk about having maybe some sort of an agenda goals for the area or whatever do you have any thoughts on on what we might want to accomplish in 2023 well uh something that you've already been accomplishing and that is uh agenda wise to get out a message that i have uh talked to you about and you've had people on the show talking about the dangers of uh playing football and uh, boy, uh, last night, if you're if you're aware, uh, Bob, of uh, the the situation at uh, in Cincinnati between the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals, the game was stopped in the first quarter when a uh, Bills safety, Demar Hamlin, uh, was struck uh, and apparently in the chest, critically. Uh, and he is su- he suffered cardiac arrest, was taken off the field. Uh, he is apparently now in critical condition uh, at a Cincinnati, or I think they uh, transferred him possibly to Houston. Uh, but uh, I, I'm struck by that. It, it, were you familiar with that, uh, Bob? By what I'm talking about? It's all news to me. I haven't heard I any. That. I haven't heard any news. Uh, at all since, oh, I don't know, December twenty third. So, okay. and I'm I'm starting with um, a fresh slate, a new page in my notebook, and so anything. Uh, this is a learning experience. What you're telling me, anything that's happened since five p.m. December twenty third is news to me. So, I I did glean that something terrible happened at last night's game. The Bills in, in Cincinnati. So I, it sounds it sounds horrible. Yeah, it, it's a horrible thing, and it it brings up something that uh, I, I think is even more tragic and horrible, and that is the fact that as unfortunate as uh, this problem was last night with with a player having to be taken off the field getting CPR taken off the field from a hit, uh, as bad as that is, uh, there much is going to be made of it, and as it should, but it's going to be an overreaction in a way because already hundreds, if not thousands of people, are suffering from long-term effects of playing football, 
I'm talking about chronic uh, traumatic encephalopathy, people's brains. Uh, this is going on. The NFL doesn't care. They just want to protect their business. When those gladiators come out on the field, just like 2,000 years ago, they, they uh, salute the owners of the NFL, the Neros of, the t- of today, and say, uh, we who are about to die salute you. And, uh, and the game goes on, and everyone gets all upset, and now everyone's praying for this one man, and they're making a, uh, a, a deal, a big deal, out of that. But it is, it is just a pebble in the pond of what's going on. And I, as you know, am particularly interested in the, the people who are not old enough to be playing this game without parental and school supervision and who are uh, going to end up with long-term effects of playing the game, not dying on the field dramatically, as bad as that is, but, it, but, but a slow incremental problem with their brain. And this is what happens when you put people out in a, a dangerous sport with, with uh, young people and uh, young people who are now lifting weights or in training programs so that they can demolish each other on the field better. So parents, school administrators, wake up to the reality of this dangerous sport and keep your kids out of it. Uh, peewee football, uh, youth football, the younger you start playing the game, the more you're likely to have long-term, serious, deadly consequences. So we see something happening on the field and we, get, we say, oh my goodness, look what happened. And when, we'll turn away. We'll make, we'll, they'll make, we'll make this young man a kind of a symbol of who, who we pray for and how much we're we're concerned about him, but get us back to the games. Get get me back to my team, uh, my tribe, because there's nothing more important than than my tribe uh, of uh, whatever uniform they wear. If you're a Giants fan, if you're a Bengals fan, a Bills fan, hey, you're supporting what's turning out to be a deadly industry. Mm. And who benefits? owners billionaires billionaires benefit i appreciate your call thank you i'm I'm sorry we're starting the year on a a terrible note but thank you for informing me about that and we'll talk more about that uh, today and and in the days ahead sure 923 news radio wnbf i'm bob joseph welcome to my world welcome to our year of 2023 you can call in if you have thoughts if you want to discuss uh anything for this year's agenda or discuss what happened at the Bills game last night, 607-772-1290. WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? That's quite an introduction. Hi, Bob. Karen Sweet O'Neill. Happy New Year. Oh, I forgot, Karen. It's Tuesday. Yeah. Well, I know. You know, you get a couple days off. You get all out of sorts. Yeah, I don't even know what's going on. Well, in other words, <laughs> business as usual. But as I explained to Ron, who just uh, hmm. called, I said, anything that's happened uh, anywhere in the world since 5 p.m. on December 23rd is news to me. So I'm I'm just catching up. He, he told me 
about yeah. something that happened at the football game last night, and I'm now looking yeah, at the front page. Scary. Yeah, I'm looking at the front page of the Buffalo News this morning. What a what mm-hmm. a terrible terrible story. So I'm going to have to uh, work to to catch up on. Apparently, a few things few things have happened recently. Anyway, Happy New Year. It's good to have you with us. Happy New Year to you. You must have had a peaceful one if you stayed away from news. That's the only way to do it. Yeah. And the first, I, I got to tell you, the first uh, 48 hours are difficult because, as you probably have surmised, news is my life. And so when you leave the new world of news cold turkey like that, it's almost, almost if you stop smoking or whatever say if you've smoked or and i never have smoked tobacco and um but i i've been told i've been told that it's very difficult to give up smoking or anything else and for me to give up news for uh, whatever it's been 10 or 10 and a half days is um dramatic and at least initially traumatic but it was relaxing and i i'm glad i did it because it gave me a chance to you know Look back on on the past year and also look ahead. Right. And also, Very good. yeah, also enjoy uh, um, family and and friends. And I, I really uh, really had a good good holiday break. And I, I hope your uh, hope your holidays went well too. They did. It was wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. So, so back to the grind. Yes. Wow. Well, it's the start of a new year, and ah, of course tomorrow, which. See, I don't even have my new calendar posted yet at my desk. I've, I've got a calendar that somebody uh, sent me. Actually, Tioga State Bank sends out a, a nice calendar every year that features historic images from around Tioga and Broome counties. And I, I still have to post that on, on my wall in the newsroom. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have to remember tomorrow is Wednesday, which is when the Karen Sweet O'Neill segment runs. What will we be discussing tomorrow morning at about 920? We are going to talk about a couple different things, and uh, one of those is how to get your financial house in order, you know, reviews of policies, because it's just a really good time to get everything in order. We do a lot of life insurance and long-term care uh, policy reviews, whether you're an existing client or whether you're a new client. So it's always good to know what you have, and if you're getting rate increases, to see what you can do to hopefully alleviate those. Also, we're going to talk a little bit about what people are receiving, Bob, that are IBM retirees and went into the new program um, with the United Healthcare because what's happening now is there's a um, prepaid MasterCard that's being sent out, and it's from Optum Financial. So people might not realize that's part of the the UHC um, family. And then, you know, in the corner, you'll see a little thing of IBM. So don't throw the card out. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Okay. All right. Don't throw the card out. Excellent. And uh, we will have full details tomorrow. In the meantime, I hope you have a a great day. And I hope this turns out to be a very happy, healthy and productive year for you. Well, you as well. We are at 1708 Vestal Parkway East up above Plato's Closet and Style Encore. You can reach us at 607-772-4898. Google us at KSO Insurance. All our contact information comes up or simply go to a phone book. And we have a big display ad under insurance. And have a great morning, Bob, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.
Thank you so much. Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio, WNBF 928. And of course, we will take more calls. If you have thoughts, maybe you want to help set the 2023 agenda. Maybe you have thoughts on last year. We didn't have uh, much of an opportunity, as I recall, to talk about the big stories of 2022. So we could look back on some of the um, things that happened over the last 12 months, whether it was local or national or around the world. Whatever you want to do, we can do it at 607-772-1290. This is Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio WNBF 921 FM, 1290 AM and streaming at WNBF.com. I never WNBF, WNBF.com. What it is, is your program, and you are welcome to participate. Still trying to adjust to this awesome January weather. Perplexing, but weather always <laughs> can perplex and even confuse some of us. Here's the official forecast. Rain today. And even some patchy fog. The high 54. Precipitation today between one quarter and one half of an inch. Liquid precipitation. Tonight showers, then some more patchy fog. The low 52, quarter of an inch of rain overnight. Showers tomorrow, mainly in the afternoon. Also some patchy fog tomorrow, high 56. And then mostly cloudy Thursday with a chance of showers in the afternoon, high 52 right now. In downtown Binghamton, it's 39 at News Radio, WNBF 933. I'm Bob Joseph. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? John, and I'm uh, celebrating the new year. Thank you. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you're like most of our listeners and you're celebrating irresponsibly. Yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. I know you. At least you set at least you set a good example for for everyone else. Well, uh you uh, brought the Aretha Rocksteady into the mix and that of course is the world famous Purdy Shuffle, created by none other than drummer Bernard Purdy, who uh, uh, did many, many, many good records. I didn't realize that. By the way, that's the first time I've ever used Rocksteady as 
as a, as a bump coming out of a commercial from 1971. Hard to believe that it was from 52 years ago. Well, there was there was better tracks on that album. You know? Oh, there were, there were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, about this uh, New Year's Eve downtown, just rocking New Year's Eve. Uh, you know, uh, and the uh, ensuing protest. How did it go? I again, in case you, you're just joining us, I I have not been clued into anything of substance since 5 p.m. December 23rd. So um, give me uh, a brief overview. Well, uh, there's a, a 11 second uh, cell phone video uh, that shows a, a Binghamton police officer uh, with his knee on uh, near the throat of uh, someone that was involved in a fight. Uh, uh, his credential is uh, being a, a person of color, according to the protesters. And uh, they were down there at City Hall yesterday at the police station trying to uh, put out a report. There was another little dispute. Uh, what, what I'm concerned about, and I was the guy, by the way, that uh, insisted that the police department put a sign up prior to uh, uh, me commenting on this. Uh, there was no sign that indicated that the police department was, was in there. They, they they put a crappy wooden sign up. But I, I think uh, we need some gold leaf lettering uh, to put when the hours are. And if someone's trying to, to, to fill out a report on anything, uh, there needs to be a call box or, or some way to contact the police that are inside uh, the fort. Uh, so that, that to me, is uh, uh, quite disturbing. That uh, And uh, Mayor David made, made this a big thing that uh, the city hall was going to be open during regular business hours. Now, in any, any place in the country, you can probably go into a police station. So if they're if they're closing it, if they're refusing to open up the door... Wait, you're telling me that, say, if somebody needs to file a complaint at Binghamton Police, that you can't, that they're not open 24-7? No, I guess they're trying to keep the homeless out. This was the excuse, and we, we remember, I, I think you remember it, I remember the case of walking over people to go in there, uh, you know, in the winter time. Uh, so, but... You, you, you know, this is a, a $25, $30 million operation. Uh, they took over part of the fire department. They spent millions of dollars uh, remodeling uh, that building. If they need a vestibule or some sort of place uh, where people can come in, which they have already, but if they need a better one, they, they could have put it in at that time. But, uh, again, my concern is... If, if they're not going to be open, then post a sign when they do open up. Don't don't allow uh, these people to mill about there, thinking that they're going to be let in, uh, or or uh, do as some cities do: automate uh, the police reports. You know, press one for uh, burglary, press two for you know, and you 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 essentially fill out a report or uh, on the on the phone. But uh, you know, that's that's. Uh, Concerning that we're spending all this this money, never uh, spending record amounts of money on law enforcement, and uh, the only one that seemed to be enthused about the job was uh, Fred Akshar. Uh, you know, he's he's right at it. He, day one, day one, he was was at it. 
<clears throat> with his trustful uh, sidekick <clears throat> by his uh, side and actually had a, a, a real-time news conference, sort of, you know, so that was... Uh, what, was Sheriff Akshar held a news conference? <clears throat> well, yeah, press briefing, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah I mean, what, yeah. You, what, what, do you think he was just going to sit at his desk? Well, I, I'm glad to hear that. I, You know, I'm, yeah. I'm old enough to remember when local officials, sheriffs, police chiefs, fire chiefs, mayors, town supervisors, routinely held news conferences to make themselves available to journalists of all stripes because they understood that was sort of the unwritten rule. One of the job requirements was to be responsive. And whether or not you like reporters, reporters are the representatives of the people. So, I mean, it's not... It's not as though every elected official can personally answer questions from each constituent, but certainly on a regular basis, having these opportunities, not just prepackaged photo ops with a uh, formal announcement of something that's big and glorious that could happen. But, um, John, you're old enough to remember when mayors in Binghamton and even county executives held news conferences at least once a week. Heck, there were mayors in Binghamton who had, as they said, daily press conferences. That's what they were what? called, daily press conferences. And that was common at, at City Hall up until a few decades ago. Yes, and uh, <clears throat> there's, there's many cities in upstate New York uh, where that still goes on. You know, uh, one of the things uh, about the sheriff's office is there's a, a physical fitness and grooming standards. And uh, we see... Uh, the Barbuto, uh, our new sheriff, and uh, uh, violating the standard. I didn't make. I didn't. I didn't uh, write the standards up for the sheriff's office. They, they've been written for a long time, and they concern facial hair. And uh, Akshar uh, uh, is above, apparently, the grooming code. Uh, so you know, uh, we're in a in a world where people. Uh, don't want to obey the and and look at look at it when you get older it's very hard to shave uh you know uh and uh, sheriff harder was clean shaven every day uh for his entire uh uh you know tenure there at the department it's almost so, like because at one time most of the police agencies around here had standards grooming and dress standards that were very similar to the new york yankees baseball organization well and I, I think that, that that's uh, what the public wants to see. You know, uh, when Tenney went to Fort Drum a few years ago uh, and they showed it live on Spectrum, I was really shocked to see how out of shape the troops were at Fort Drum. Uh, you know, just to the naked eye. Uh, really, uh, if you eliminate the spit and polish, then you eliminate uh, uh, a lot of the respect uh, you know, uh, that, uh, that, you know, especially young people. You well, know, I heard in what? Binghamton, I heard BPD either has or is about to change their standards, so they'll allow facial hair and tattoos and who knows what um, going forward. And apparently that's, that's part of the, the effort to deal with um, recruitment problems because they, no matter what they do or what they say, they're having trouble getting a sufficient number of young men and women to join 
the uh, the ranks of Binghamton police. So in, in, they're throwing some money at the problem, and they're also adjusting the some of the requirements. So if you start seeing more uh, police officers with um, facial hair and visible what? tattoos, that's that's part of it. Well, look, uh, the the so-called police shortage is created by the fact of this retirement run. Uh, you know, when, I mean, if you took, if you took any business and said you can retire after 20 years, I mean, if you, any business. Well, can you imagine world. what would happen to this station? Yeah, can you imagine yeah. if, if that had been a requirement? First of all, I would have been out of here long ago. I mean, a lot of things would change in society if, if every enterprise had, had that as, um, you know, as, as a potential, as an opportunity that you could retire after 20 years of service. Well, look, we America's big problem is we went to uh, the leisure mode, uh, and and when it hit me was when the American Association of Retired Persons became uh, the biggest lobby lobbying group. They 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 became number one. They, uh, they the first year they did it, I think they bypassed uh, the American steel industry. So when you embrace a leisure uh, uh, a lifestyle and you embrace uh, retirement. Uh, as an ethic uh, <laughs> ethos, then you 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 got big problems because everybody just wants to party all the time. Well, it's only going to get worse now. Now that everybody in Binghamton, except for me and you, will be smoking weed. Well, it, look, the society right now uh, we, we we're worse than the third world. The third world has. Uh, uh, you, you, the much maligned third world actually has uh, s- some of it as a better spiritual and moral fiber uh, than, than 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 the United States of America currently. So, uh, and we've got dishonest politicians. Uh, you know, we've got the bullcrapper in chief. Uh, we've got the great, great American George Santos, uh, and, and we've got a weak need uh, guy that wants to be. Speaker of the House. If this happens, if Kevin McCarthy and how how corrupt these people are, even like Marjorie Taylor Greene and Jim Jordan, who went along uh, with this guy, the the smile and the shoe shine, uh, uh, a new version of Paul Ryan. This, this is this is absolutely a betrayal of the American voter, and and this is what happens. You know, see the country club uh, Republicans wait around. I mean. Uh, George Bush Sr. couldn't win against Reagan. Reagan didn't leave a successor, uh, and the Bushes got in there, and they all want the momentum of the uh, conservative movement, but they they don't want to do anything at all conservative. People are making big money. They're destroying the country. They're destroying the state, and they're destroying our county and our cities and our villages. And, uh, you know, uh, I... I, uh, I think it's it's horrible. People don't know an honest deal from a dishonest deal. That that's they don't know a good deal from a bad deal. All they know is about their own uh, career and their own, uh, uh, you know, what they can rustle up for themselves and their friends and their relatives. This is a very very sad time. But we're about. Don't worry, Bob. And I, I knew this when Gingrich started peddling this American exceptionalist jazz. I laughed. 
because I said, first of all, you know, a couple of hundred years <laughs> is not enough of a back test on anything, uh, you know, particularly a, a nation. So uh, I laughed, and I knew it was going to backfire. And here we are, here we are, uh, each and every day. You can't take your eyes off it. There is no such thing as American exceptionalism. Uh, we are right now under the boot of these powerful Internet media entertainment sports uh, outfits. The Chinese are running the show, and uh, that's all I have to say. All right. Thank you. And we will be taking more calls. If you have thoughts about what's going on in Binghamton, Broome County, our surrounding counties, New York or Pennsylvania, or the USA, you can call us at 607-772-1290. I'm Bob Joseph on News Radio WNBF. I never... WNBF 949 with Bob Joseph. Monday morning as we get it done. All right, let's see. I'm still catching up. So let me see. Take a look at... Oh, Binghamton homepage. See what uh, our friends over at News Channel 34 have on their website. All right. Um, top story is the Bills game being postponed after the uh, tragic injury to uh, Bills safety, Tamar Hamlin. Let's see. Oh, protest after police charge Binghamton man. I'll click on that. This is from, it's posted Monday. Protest after police charge Binghamton man. Protesters are drawing comparisons to George Floyd's death and decrying a Binghamton police officer for his treatment of a black man on New Year's Day. After the ball dropped, witnesses say a group of white males jumped a man of color in downtown Binghamton. Allegedly, police were watching the incident unfold, but did not get involved until it escalated and several bystanders intervened in an attempt to defuse the situation. One of those bystanders allegedly uh, tried to break up the fight, and it says that police interjected threw him to the ground and pinned his neck under the knees of an officer. Activists say he wasn't charged or under arrest at the time he was attacked. The man sustained injuries to his head and neck areas. Well, maybe they'll have a news conference at City Hall today. I'll be interested in speaking with the police chief, Joseph Zakowski, and... Binghamton Mayor Jared Cram about what happened. Maybe they can brief me on the situation. It's 951. This is Bob Joseph on WNBF. I never without drugs. Navaz is available at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, Target, and online. Navaj, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. I never write reviews, but Navaj is so amazing, I had to leave one. Nothing's ever cleared out my sinuses as well. I'm blown away by how Navaj works. 
That's a review from Carrie, and it's one of over 100,000 online testimonials praising Navage. I'm Martin Hoke, the inventor of Navage Nasal Care, and I've talked about flushing out allergens, viruses, mucus, and germs. How Navage's powered suction can help you breathe better, and how your nose is the body's air filter, and Navage will clean it out. But don't take my word for it. What do people like Chad say, who wrote, Navage has helped clear out my nasal passages every single night. My wife says my snoring has gone way down. Snorefest be gone, unquote. Navage is the all-natural solution trusted by over 3 million customers to help you breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier without drugs. Navage is available at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, Target, and online. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. <laughs> Joseph with you on a Monday morning. Gary of Binghamton's West Side. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Remember at the start of the new year, you always had to remind yourself when you were writing out checks to make sure that you put down the correct year. We don't have to worry about that anymore, most of us anyway. No, no, that's uh, yeah, thanks to technology. Yeah. Yeah, well, there was a lot of notable deaths uh, since you were gone. There's Barbara Walters and then the head of the biggest, uh, the retired head of the biggest pedophile ring in the world. Uh, that would be the uh, retired Pope died. And uh, also they caught the uh, the person who killed those people in Idaho. What about uh, uh, the person who killed Eliza Spencer? Has that person been charged? No, unfortunately, that's a cold case. All right. Well, but I didn't expect guy, that, but you never know. The guy who killed the people, in, or allegedly the the suspect, he's from uh, the Poconos, too. He's down in Pennsylvania. And they caught him. But I, I did want to mention something that, you know, I, I respect Ron's thoughts on, uh, you know, the football and everything. But this, this incident that happened last night it was a cardiac arrest. Uh, it wasn't a very hard hit or anything. And... Uh, you know, this could happen in any sport. You know, hockey, you, t you know, you watch them guys cross each other against the boards. In baseball, you know, you could get hit by a pitch or you could, the batter can hit one back to the pitcher and hit him in the chest. And if you've got a, uh, you know, so, a heart problem, you know, there are other things that can bring it on. This is not the same thing as the uh, head trauma. It's definitely not. But, you know, I mean, if you, if that's your agenda, head trauma, you could equate it to it. But this is totally, totally different. But that's well, just my opinion. I mean, the I think one thing that uh, is consistent with America, at least during my lifetime, is there's uh, certain people who love to see uh, violence 
And if you can have controlled violence, whether it's in the form of hockey games or occasionally NFL games, heck, even baseball games. And uh, what about uh, John Bones Jones and, and his his business? So, you know, there, yeah. th- this country long ago uh, made a deal that uh, violence is good business. Up yeah, to a point. Up to a point. I mean, they... And then when somebody gets seriously hurt, then, of course, it's thoughts and prayers. And, of course, our thoughts and prayers always go with people who have been hurt, uh, even even on the job. So, anyway, appreciate your call. We'll see uh, sure. how things work out going forward. Looks like this is going to be quite a year. I'm Bob Joseph. You're listening to News Radio WNBF. So, Joseph, this is WNBF Binghamton at 10 o'clock. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Tuesday, January 3rd. You're listening to WNBF. On January 1st at approximately 5.45 p.m., Broome County Sheriff's deputies responded to Route 7 near Hancock Road in the town of Colesville for a hit-and-run motor vehicle accident involving a bicyclist. Community members found the bicyclists near the accident scene and provided immediate first aid until the arrival of EMS and law enforcement. The victim, Brennan Loveless, a 13-year-old male of Sanitaria Springs, was transported by EMS to Wilson Hospital and subsequently to Syracuse Children's Hospital for treatment. The victim sustained significant life-threatening injuries and was pronounced deceased at the Syracuse Children's Hospital. The subsequent investigation thus far has determined that a pickup truck traveling east on Route 7 struck the victim and continued driving away from the scene. Members of the Broome County Sheriff's Office Accident Reconstruction Team and Detective Division responded to the scene. Photos of the suspect truck were released and generated valuable tips by community members. On January 2nd at around 5.30 a.m., a vehicle operator called the Sheriff's Office to report a motor vehicle accident on Bevere Street in the town of Kirkwood. The operator alleged to have swerved into a ditch to avoid striking a deer. The subsequent investigation revealed this vehicle was in fact the one involved in the fatal accident on January 1st. The investigation has revealed that Bradley A. Law, 34 years old, of Harpersville, was the operator of the vehicle and struck the victim causing fatal injuries. Bradley will be charged with criminally negligent homicide, a Class E felony, and leaving the scene of a fatal motor vehicle accident, a Class D felony. Tips from the community were key in the investigation, and Sheriff Akshar would like to extend his gratitude for their assistance. Sheriff Fred Akshar said, I'd like to applaud and commend the expertise and tireless work of the men and women of the Broome County Sheriff's Office for their quick response and steady action in responding to this terrible accident, for bringing this individual into custody, and for helping bring some closure to the family of the victim. I'd also like to thank the people of our community for stepping up and providing key information to the Broome County Sheriff's Office Detective Division to aid in their investigation and help ensure justice will be served. Mayor Jared Cram on Friday announced the appointment of Sophie Bergman as Binghamton City Court Judge. Sophie Bergman brings to the bench extensive courtroom experience and a true commitment to justice, said Mayor Jared Cram. She is both a seasoned prosecutor and a compassionate public servant with a history of fighting for crime victims in our community. Sophie's meaningful track record as an attorney makes her an outstanding choice for city court judge. Bergman will fill the city court vacancy created by Carol Cacciola, who was elected to serve as a Broome County Court judge in November. Bergman's appointment is effective January 9th. She said, I'm honored to be appointed by Mayor Cram as a Binghamton City Court judge. 
As someone who lives, works, and is raising a family in the city of Binghamton, I am humbled and grateful that our mayor has chosen me for this appointment and look forward to serving the citizens of the city in this position. Bergman's law career includes nearly a decade as a prosecutor with district attorney offices in Broome County and Warren County. In Broome County, she prosecuted major felony cases, including homicide, violent crime, sexual assault, and drug cases, with trial experience in county and local criminal courts. Bergman served as an assisted assistant district attorney, senior assistant district attorney, and chief of the Special Victims Bureau. Bergman later served as senior staff attorney for the Crime Victims Assistance Center, providing trauma-informed representation to crime victims in a variety of family, civil, and criminal matters. She's also worked in private legal practice at Hinman, Howard, and Cattell LLP and Jackson Bergman LLP. Bergman currently serves on the board of directors for the Catholic Schools of Broome County and Danielle House and is a member of the Broome County Bar Association. She is a prior board member of the WYCA of Binghamton and Broome County and the RISE Domestic Violence Shelter. Bergman earned her law degree from Albany Law School and holds a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science from Union College. She lives on the west side with her husband and children. On January 1st, state police in Watertown arrested Miguel A. Harvey, age 23, from Watertown, New York, for robbery in the first degree, a Class B felony, and criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, a Class D felony. Harvey is charged with threatening his mother with a box cutter and demanding money. The victim gave Harvey money, then he left the residence. Troopers located Harvey at a residence in the town of Watertown, where he was taken into custody without incident. Harvey was arraigned at CAP court and was held without bail due to having prior felony convictions. He is scheduled for a preliminary hearing on January 5th at the town of Watertown court. New York State Police at Oneonta is asking for the public's assistance with a missing person. Theodore Sikora, age 78, of Davenport, New York, has not had any contact with his friends or family in over two weeks. Sikora was last seen on December 23rd at a local gas station. He does not have a cell phone. Troopers have checked with relatives, friends, and local hospitals, but have not been able to locate Mr. Sikora. Anyone with information is asked to contact New York State Police at 607-561-7400. Prosecutors plan to seek a decades-long prison sentence for a man who is expected to plead guilty this week to opening fire in a subway car and wounding 10 riders in an, in an attack that shocked New York City. 63-year-old Frank James is scheduled to enter a guilty plea Tuesday in the April attack. Prosecutors told the judge in a court filing last week that they plan to ask him to go beyond the roughly 32- to 39-year sentence that federal sentencing guidelines would recommend for James. He was scheduled to stand trial next month before his lawyers informed the judge on December 21st that he planned to plead guilty. Defense lawyers didn't immediately respond to a request for comment on Monday. National Weather Service forecasts for downtown Binghamton. Today, showers likely mainly between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., then periods of rain after 10 a.m., some patchy fog between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m., a high near 54 degrees, chance of rain 100%. Tonight's showers mainly before 1 a.m., patchy fog between 9 p.m. and 2 a.m., a low near 52 degrees, chance of rain 80%. Wednesday, showers mainly afternoon, patchy fog after 1 p.m., a high near 56 degrees, chance of rain 90%. Wednesday night, showers likely mainly before 1 a.m., cloudy with a low near 45 degrees, chance of rain 70%. And Thursday, a chance of showers mainly after 1 p.m., mostly cloudy with a high near 52, 30% chance of rain. Thursday night, chance of showers mostly cloudy with a low near 35 degrees, chance of rain 40%. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Bob Joseph on a Monday morning. 
You're listening to News Radio, WNBN. Wait a second. Looks more like a Tuesday morning, doesn't it? Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. And you're certainly welcome to participate on our radio fest. Dial in, dial in. If you want to talk about the agenda for 2023, how will we make our community better? I think that would be a commendable goal. How can we make our community better? Let's uh, take a look, kind of looking around at various websites to see what they uh, are reporting. Since I took a break, yes, I did take a break (laughs) from the news. I took a break. Um, Let's take a look. Oh, I know, public, public media, public media, WSKG. Let's see what they have to say on the WSKG website. Um, oh, their uh, top story at WSKG on the website. What happens now that George Santos takes office? Hmm, that was a good question. George Santos, a man of the people. That's uh, interesting. Kathy Hochul sworn in as New York's first female elected governor. So, a couple of big political stories to follow. Let's go to the phones as we start this hour. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? My name is Caroline. I'm calling from Vestal. Hi, Caroline. Uh, What happened to Kathy White? Did she retire? Well, she's no longer with WNBF. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Um, I'm a big, big fan of hers, and I miss her. But I'm glad that you and James are still there because I listen to you every morning. Well, thank you. I appreciate your uh, loyalty to uh, WNBF. We're here for you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you so much. It's uh, 10:14. Bob Joseph on WNBF. 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com. Of course, you can also receive us in all sorts of far-flung places using the free WNBF app. So I see WSKG on its homepage. I see no stories, no recent stories from Binghamton, mainly uh, political stories. Oh, including pay raises. Pay raises in Albany. That was uh, that was a crowd pleaser. Well, glad they managed to raise their pay. <laughs> Did 
just like a state legislator. I have uh, yet to hear from a single New York State Assembly member or senator saying that they will refuse to accept the pay raise that was just approved. Even those who voted against the pay raise, <laughs> they, they will take their money and run because they're human after all. Morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? This is Larry from Kirkwood. Hey, Larry. Hey, Bob. Happy New Year. Yes, likewise. Please tell, please tell me you're kidding that Kathy White's not there anymore. No, I am not kidding. Where is she now? Wow. I don't know. It's been a few days since I spoke with her. Oh, my goodness. So. I, I'm stunned. Oh, my goodness. Well. That's one of the reasons I love to listen to the show is just to hear Kathy White. Yeah, well, that's, one of, with James that's and one of the reasons I used to love the show. Wow. That's her. Okay. Oh, well. Easy come, easy go, I guess. Well, I wouldn't put it that way. Yeah, yeah. That makes it sound well, like we have I, a revolving I, I, door. If you look, and I'm I not going to, I'm not going to mention any specific places, but um, well, actually, look anywhere, and not just in media. Uh, well, you could look at media, radio, TV, newspapers. How long do most people stay at a particular place? You know, oh, that's really something. I mean, even. Even uh, Binghamton Mayor, they can only stay for eight years. Yep. And city council members, they're term limited yeah. too, so. Yeah. I'm one of those people that change is not always an easy thing for me. No, change is no, not it, easy for me either. I Trust me. No, I, Kathy's not there. That's, that's a stunner to well, me. Nobody likes change, and, and least of all me. I, yeah. I get set in my ways, and, you know, I, I get comfortable. I, I enjoy... Yeah. I typically enjoy things the way they are. But. Yep. Yeah, I get you. Well, anyway. On the uh, other hand, you know, we move forward. That's my that's my motto, regardless of change, that I always try to move forward and, and always make the best of every situation. Yeah, yep. You know, and I think that's that's what we, we should aspire to do. Yep. Well, the thing about it is, James doesn't have anybody to talk to during the morning. <laughs> well, I agree. Maybe, maybe we'll, you know, maybe maybe we'll find uh, someone from to talk to. Mm-hmm. Okay, man. Bless All right. You. Thank you. It's ten eighteen at News Radio WNBF and WNBF.com. Number is 607-772-1290 if you'd like to participate in our special broadcast. It's special because it's the first of 2023. WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Dale Bampton. Hi. Uh, happy New Year. And Happy um, New Year to you. Oh, boy, I can't believe I made it this far. <laughs> hey, none of us can. I'm still pinching myself. I didn't, yeah. didn't think I'd be around in 2023. Yeah, I never thought that either, Bob. But anyway, um, um, improving <clears throat> improving our city. I was wondering what they um, intend to do with the uh, State Street Plaza there. I know it's a, a pretty big um, problem. and. Uh, 
I imagine the federal government or the state government needs to come in and, and um, give the city some help with that. But that would improve um, the, the north side a lot, you know. If, I have a proposal. They, I have an idea. Mm -hmm. This is what I think they should do. And okay. yes, they should get some. First, they'll need millions of dollars in federal and state assistance, but that should be no problem. But you know what I think they should put in? What's that? A Chick-fil-A restaurant that's open seven days a week, by the way, not one of those where they, they take a day off. Uh, uh, Chick-fil-A oh, yeah. that's open 24-7, the only Chick-fil-A restaurant in the world that never closes. So they open it whenever they open it, and then it stays open forever. So if you want a sandwich at, at uh, 323 on a Tuesday morning or at 457 on a Sunday afternoon, you can get your Chick-fil-A. The only Chick-fil-A on the planet that is always open with everything on the menu always available. You're making me hungry. <laughs> yeah, I'm making myself hungry. You know, but but uh, wouldn't that be great? And then a Wegmans, but not a small oh, Wegmans yeah. like the one in Johnson City. A Wegmans, they could call it Wegmans Plus, and they could make it. They could make it about two hundred fifty thousand square feet. So it'd be about a oh, hundred, hundred twenty-five thousand square feet more than what they have over in Johnson City. So, I mean, not, they could keep the Johnson City store open for those who still oh, yeah. like that, because that's a great store. And it's a very, very um, well-received location within the Wegmans company. Yeah. Very highly and respected exactly by, by Danny. Need. Yeah. That's exactly what we need is, is like a Wegmans over there. Or something. But not just a and Wegmans, nice, not nice any Wegmans. Area. Wegmans Plus. Yeah, 250,000 square feet. Oh, and also 24-7. I want to see the north side revitalized. I don't want to see yeah. these little initiatives, like one, one initiative they're going to put in some new uh, housing for veterans, which I think is a great idea. But I want to see, yeah. let's think big in 2023. Enough of these small ideas. Let's think big. And it's going to require everyone to collaborate. The city of Binghamton, yeah. Broome County, the state and federal government. We could turn the north side into basically an in, 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 yeah. area. Beautiful. You know, another thing. Enough. Another thing. Finally fix up the apartments over over at the corner of um, Shenango and in Virgil. Fix, yeah, fix the uh, apartments. They said they, Rich David said they were going to fix the apartments. Well, that was years ago. Yeah. I haven't seen them fixing up a darn thing. No. So fix yeah, the apartments. Turn those, in, well, turn those apartments, turn those apartments yeah. into luxury yeah. apartments, something akin to 50 Front Street. The buildings themselves are, are seem okay. They are. It's just the interiors. They need some TLC. They need some yeah, tender, right. loving care. Yeah. But I, I want the, I want to see the north side revitalized. I don't think it's it's appropriate for the city to neglect the north side the way it has. The north side uh, always I gets dumped on. You know, the north side they they used to have a, a city dump it used to be right there where the Binghamton Plaza is. It's still flats. Yeah, I remember. And then they thought it was a keen idea to Open an incinerator right there too. They operated yep, a disastrous too. incinerator. So and the north side has always been 
been treated, or at least for decades, the north side has been treated as sort of second class. I say it's time to turn that around and give yeah. the north side the attention that it deserves. More than long enough, Bob, I think. You know, it's been yes. so long and everything. That, and, um, and, it, and that's a big, wide experience. And how about this uh, pledge, a pledge from the city and the state that Shenango Street will never again be closed to traffic like it was closed oh, for more than 14 months. I couldn't believe that one. <laughs> and they never said anything at City Hall. They never said a thing about it. They they acted like it didn't happen. You never heard the mayor, the police chief, the fire chief, uh, emergency services, anybody talk about the the problems that closing down that street for more than fourteen months caused. And I the reason why is to do with this mistake that um, the deal the Department of Transportation made by putting that up there in the first place. Well, that, it was a mistake, but. But that doesn't mean that the city should have pretended that, that it didn't happen. So I said, if yeah, that same true. closure, had, say if they closed part of Riverside Drive, right on, on the west side, and cut the west side neighbor, neighborhood on Riverside Drive for more than 14 months, the mayor would have said something about it. But because it was on the north side, you didn't hear a thing from the mayor or city officials because they think they treat the north side differently than they treat the west side. Yeah. And I think uh, Shenango Street, you know, it's the main artery into the north side, and going, going to the park at Shenango or going up Front Street or going wherever, you know, and you shut that part of it off, you know, school buses, everything. It was know. shameful. I saw children walking by themselves mm -hmm. and sometimes with their parents, but also sometimes young children walking by themselves through that work zone. And I'm yeah. thinking, is this any way to treat American children, and the fact is, yeah. our our city officials, and county officials, and state officials allowed it, and they never, they never, yeah. they never spoke out. Yeah, and and you know they had fourteen months to do that. They could have just shut because it was shut down anyway. Why just not get it all done? Why didn't they just take out the the bridge and put in a, a regular good bridge instead of? Yeah, they could have they could have put in a regular old interstate bridge. Yeah, it wouldn't have been as Terrific is they couldn't call it the Shenango Arch. Now they give it a funny name, Shenango Arch. Well, just because you give it a funny name doesn't make it right. Yeah, that's right. Because <clears throat> it doesn't work. <clears throat> doesn't work for the community, <clears throat> and it doesn't work for emergency vehicles. It doesn't work for a, a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. That's what happens yeah. if you if you live on the west side, you're special. If you live on the north side, you also are special, but you're not treated as a special person by the city. Yeah, I so, that one. general general neglect. Every once in a while they'll talk about a project on the north side. But again, look at the uh the the uh, promised project to renovate the apartments there where hundreds of people live there are more than 200 apartments that are part of the yeah. town and country complex so several there hundred is. people live there and it's being neglected those people were yeah. promised that the place was going to be revitalized and and fixed up and yeah. as far as i can tell little if anything has actually happened so i don't know and i i stand up for the people i as one person can only offer my support. I am not government. I don't have the resources to support 
new projects and improvements on the north side, but I can certainly encourage the neglect. It's, I think they ought to ha- announce during the state of the city message. They should announce in the state of the city message that all parts of the city are going to start being treated equally and that the people on the north side are going to start being treated much better and that their concerns are going to be consistently addressed and not put on the back of the burner. That's what they should do in the state of the city message. It's 1027 WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. And what's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning. Happy New Year from DJ in Binghamton. Hi, DJ. Hello. Hey, Bob, you ever hear that song? Thank God and Greyhound, she's gone. Buck Owens wrote that. That was in the 70s. Okay. How was your nine yeah. days off? Was, was it nine? It was more than nine. Good. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. New Year's Eve was fun. I saw some famous faces celebrating with me downtown. I Got to bring in the New Year's with uh, former Mayor Matt Ryan, Jim Emke, Mark Yonati, who puts that on. Thank you to him. God bless him. The ball drop and the fireworks. Wait a second. So Mark Yonati held a thing, and you were there. Matt Ryan was there. Jim Emke was there. Now, what's wrong with this picture? It seems like one person of note wasn't there who should have been. Who's that? Your humble host. Yes. I know. I, I, I yahooed you an invitation, and you <laughs> you blocked me on Yahoo. No, you didn't. I didn't, but anyway, it was didn't fun, block man. you. I'm not on Yahoo yeah. anyway. But uh, anyway, well, so everybody had a good time? Yes, we had a wonderful time. 2023 is the year of victory. That was my confession that I was shouting from the rooftops. It's going to be a great year, 2023, because we're over the hump of uh, sickness and disease, and you know, we're gonna well, this great, gives great us great time. Year. This gives us uh, nearly eleven months to prepare for COVID twenty four. <laughs> so when COVID twenty four rolls out around Thanksgiving, we'll be all set for that. We'll have plenty of toilet paper and plenty of masks. Yes. Yeah, but what if it's not going to happen? We're going to be fine. We'll be fine. As Jerry signs up, I'll be fine. So, how was your vacation? Very restful and peaceful. Oh, tranquil. You know yeah. that song, Peaceful, Easy Feeling? Yeah, Eagles. Yeah. I had a peaceful, easy feeling because I wasn't paying attention to the news. As I mentioned earlier, uh, December 23rd at 5 p.m., I put the news on hold. Did you? I, I said the world, I said the world yeah. will go on without me paying attention to it. And you know what? It appears the world did as the world is prone to do it goes on whether we're paying attention to it or not and so i enjoyed that brief respite and for the first day or two it's tough because i always want to know what's going on i always know that stuff is going on and then it took it took uh, after a couple days i got acclimated to not hearing the phone ring, not hearing people, Bob, this just in. The weird thing was, over the course of the last week and a half, on several occasions, people asked me, yeah, what about, and it's like, don't ask me, I have no idea. So it was a rare case. Usually, when people come to me and and ask for information about something going on, I can help them. But, so, 
but now I'm diving back in. Uh, I, I've spent the last hour and 20 minutes learning a few things about what, what's happened. Looks like, looks like I missed a lot, but again, it looks like the world continues to, to roll as, as the world will do. Yeah, it's good to rescue from that. It's work and it's stressful sometimes with the news. And, and I fasted the, the whole 90s, actually, from television, almost the whole 90s, from television and from secular music. And, you know, in the 2000s, I didn't know who Creed was or Green Day or any of that crap is out there. It's good to do that sometimes. And if you can do it for nine days, you know, maybe in the future you'll do it for longer. But it's good yeah. to Well, I, yeah. I, I also don't, like to. I don't intend to do it again soon, you know, real soon. Yeah. I'm going to be continuing to uh you know, report on the area but you know it's good so, I, I will say this it's great to be back yes and it's great to have you back so there's no so what about the need for getting up at getting there at three o'clock is that has that changed or or what because kathy used to do that well you know i'm you know me i'm always flexible yeah all right that's all. That's you. Know, I mean, from the beginning, because I've been in this business for a few years, and I, the one thing that I learned about this business, you always need to be flexible, and therefore I will be, and I'll continue to do the the work that's expected of me, and hopefully, I'll do it in a way that uh, can make everyone generally happy. You can't make everyone happy, but you can please some people some of the time. That is. I think ultimately my goal. Appreciate your call. 1032, Bob Joseph taking your calls on this Tuesday morning. I know it's inevitable between now and noon. I'll probably claim that it's Monday again because it sure feels feels like a Monday. But again, according to the digital readout in front of me, it says it's Tuesday. So hopefully I can make the appropriate adjustments. 1033-607-772-1290 is our number. You're listening to News Radio WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM and WNBF 1037. Dave in Binghamton, good morning. You're on the air. Good morning. Happy New Year. Welcome Happy back. New Year to you. Thank you. Um, I was calling in regards to the right to repair bill that passed um, the legislature in New York, but then was signed into law with um, amendments um, by the governor that basically watered it down to 
be almost useless. Um, so the right to repair would allow people to um, take their personal electronics to repair shops, independent repair shops, instead of having to, you know, use authorized repair shops, um, you know, or they could work it on, on themselves using parts that manufacturers would then have to supply to to people to repair. So it could get back to, you know, tinkering on your radio to, you know, fix a capacitor, doing, doing something. And the sad thing is, is the bills that as written would have been great. Um, it would have required companies to supply the parts um, that were needed, supply diagrams so people knew what they were working on. And the governor, unfortunately, added words to the bill last minute before signing it into law that removed a lot of that. If it if the manufacturer themselves said, oh, for safety reasons or some other reason, we don't want to have, or we don't think we should supply that part. Well, now that part's not going to be allowed to be supplied. And it's the sad sad thing when the bill as written was almost 95% for um, uh, for the bill on both sides of the house. And, and it's, it's really, really sad. So why was it changed? Why would Governor Hochul make the bill functionally useless, as one repair technician said? Why, why would she do that to me and you? Uh, as uh, Lewis eloquently puts it, in other words, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's more about the lobbyists being able to get their way again, and it's all about the lobbyists get, getting in there. And in a lot of things, the even even I was surprised that they weren't successful in, in the uh, House and the Senate or the Assembly in the Senate uh, of New York. You know, the lobbyists were not successful trying to get their way through and that the the people were able to actually get the laws written and passed as they wanted. Um, but the lobbyists were able to get us into the um, into the governor's reps um, minds or able to get to get to her and she wrote it or you know wrote in the memorandum that that it would be like some things is if a person, if a company says, oh, it might be too dangerous to repair this um, with the part alone. So now they can supply a whole assembly. And instead of a five or $10 part, they might require you to buy a $750 assembly for a phone or a computer or something that's worth only 800. So, the cost-benefit analysis would show it might be worth it just to replace it, which not only goes against the the whole intent of the right to repair, which is to make things cheaper to repair, and um, you know, but also to keep things out of the um, the trash stream or the recycling stream, because e-recycling doesn't always recycle everything it still will you know go into a junk drawer at home and not get back into recycling or it'll be just thrown out into the garbage because a lot of people don't want to follow the recycling um, aspect for electronics i see one guy who had been pushing 
hard for this bill for a long time. He he's unimpressed until <laughs> until I read the last paragraph of this story. I was planning to have him on the program, but it looks like I'd have to spend a lot of my time bleeping him. This uh, yeah. activist said the right to repair bill that I've spent seven years of my life trying to get passed in my home state got bleeped. He said, and it's funny, it got bleeped in the exact manner that I thought it would, because it getting passed without being tainted or screwed with would actually be good for society, and that's not something that New York State government is going to allow to happen. So I might still contact him and and ask him to uh, try to restrain his disgust and dismay and disappointment for a live interview, because sounds as though... I need to talk to the guy, and it sounds, you know, that he he certainly. I mean, it's good for people to feel passionate, but obviously, you know, it. The other person who I'd like to have on is Kathy Hochul, so she could explain, in her own words, why she thought this was in the best interest of New Yorkers. Yeah, both would be great, great interviews to have. Wouldn't it be great to have that. them both on the same program? Oh, a nice debate between. Lewis and the governor? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, thanks for bringing it up. I actually, um, I until you mentioned it, I was unaware that actually got signed. I mean, it's if I, if I was just looking through headlines, depending on how the headlines, some headlines did uh, point out that uh, Hochul modified the, the bill at the last minute and then signed it. But some headlines... I see didn't mention that so if I hadn't been careful I might have thought oh this is something that actually is good that happened in New York when it comes to legislation in New York good legislation comes along about once every two or three decades for example in my lifetime about the only really good legislation I can point to easily is when they ban smoking indoors mm-hmm and, of course, the bottle bill was a good thing, but I think the biggest thing or the most helpful thing for me and most New Yorkers since I was born was banning smoking indoors at restaurants, bars, every place, well, almost every place. There are a couple of exceptions, but still, that was one of the rare instances where lawmakers in New York, along with the governor, actually did something that was good for the residents of the state. 100% and years later we're still we're healthier for it. Yeah, I'm I'm still amazed that that hasn't somehow been repealed or modified to to really screw with it, but uh you know, that's I would say that's one New York success story. Sadly, they happen so rarely. Dave, thank you for the call. You're welcome. Yeah. 10:44. You're listening to Bob Joseph for the people. If you hear somebody say, for the people, usually it's just a catchphrase or a slogan because they want to get elected. Then after they get elected to a full term, then, as we've just demonstrated, they're no longer for the people. 607-772-1290. You're listening to News Radio WNBF. I never... It's all right, kids. 
Everything will be fine. WNBF, any way you want it. If you want it on 92.1 FM, take it. If you want it on 1290 AM, go for it. If you want it on WNBF.com, good for you. Or if you're like most of the kids these days, you probably are listening on the free WNBF app. Again, any way you want it, it's there for you. WNBF, uh, it's uh, 1048. Wow, it's almost too mild. Almost <laughs> too mild. Too mild. Oh, here's something. Uh, a guy named Tommy from Binghamton uh, says he's listening to the first show of the new year. He says, as a former city employee, I must take issue with some of your statements about the city on the north side. First, I share and appreciate the idea that some areas of the city receive prejudicial treatment depending upon the composition of city council and the mayor's office. That said, I have also observed municipal staff and elected officials who have put extraordinary effort into development projects on the north side. Some of these projects were never realized. However, there have been some successful projects. Uh, for example, blighted properties located north of Eldridge and east of State Street uh, were and had been a chronic problem. Most, if not all, of these properties were vacant and highly dilapidated. Um, some structures, a substantial number of structures were uh, demolished, and that is true. That is true. And Tommy points out it's not cheap to demolish old buildings. He notes that uh, the average cost to demolish a two-story house would be at least $20,000. And, of course, demolition costs are significantly higher for bigger buildings. He notes one large apartment building near Liberty Street has been completely renovated, and a second is being renovated as we speak. A rehab center was installed in a rehabilitated religious building on Shenango Street near St. Paul's Church. The grocery was finally brought to the neighborhood located in the new building on State Street. All of these projects absorbed a great deal of time and energy, and that is true. He also notes Roosevelt School is going to be reconstructed if the school board keeps its word, and that would be a good thing. New housing units were constructed near the old girls' club. A community center was constructed and is being operated on Liberty Street. So, yeah, Tommy, you're right. You're right. Although I still think... I still think that for some routine things, including, say, the 14-plus-month closure of Shenango Street, not a peep... Not a peep from anybody, as far as I can recall, at City Hall. The mayor, the um, city council representative, the police chief, the fire chief, the public works, nobody, as far as I know, representing ostensibly representing North Side residents ever said word one about the closure, the prolonged closure of Shenango Street. Now, they could say, well, it's not as though we could do anything about it wasn't our problem. We didn't cause the problem. And to the state's credit, the state was trying to fix a problem. And that's true. But you would think that they would say something, and you would think maybe they could have put, I don't know, 
police substation. I mean, something uh, stationed either police units or fire units or an ambulance or something on the other side of the uh, closed I-81 bridge for more than a year. Uh, they didn't do it. I'm not saying they have to. Obviously, they don't have to. But I'm telling you, it would have been different if it was on the west side or the south side. Or even probably the east side. If the same thing happened on Robinson Street on the east side. Or as I said, Riverside Drive on the west side. Or Conklin Avenue on the south side. And created that kind of inconvenience and potentially uh, problems with emergency services. If it was going to last for several months, I say city officials would have treated it differently. But I could be wrong. It's 1052. Bob Joseph on WNBF. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety is the number if you would like to talk now on WNBF. shade of Binghamton right now 40 degrees and it's definitely a hazy shade of something right now downtown the forecast from the National Weather Service periods of rain today also patchy fog high 54 it's night showers more patchy fog low 52 wow that's weird an overnight low in early January in Binghamton New York in the low 50s Yes, the weather machine still is broken. Showers tomorrow, mainly in the afternoon, along with some patchy fog, high 56. The outlook for Thursday, mostly cloudy with a chance of showers, primarily in the afternoon, high 52. Right now, in downtown Binghamton, a sultry 40. Where did the snow go? <laughs> Where did it go? Oh, I'm definitely not unhappy. Some people also pointed out to me, they said, well, enjoy this mild weather because you remember what we had a couple of weeks ago when everything was on the opposite end of the temperature spectrum. And uh, so, yeah, probably, probably the way these things go, we'll wind up with a frigid February, another one of those cases where we're dealing with frozen pipes. Remember that? winter not that long ago a few years ago when the pipes were freezing not just for a few homes but 
I think, for hundreds of people in Broome County. They had no water, not for a day or two days, for several days, maybe weeks, because things got so cold. We discovered in some cases the people who put in water lines in certain streets decided didn't really have to bury the water lines that deep because, after all, this is Binghamton, New York, so you don't have to worry about water pipes freezing. So hopefully we don't have to deal with that next month. It's 1058, Bob Joseph on News Radio WNBF. Individual healthier without drugs. Navaz is available at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, Target, and online. Navaj, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. It's Tuesday morning. I'm Bob Joseph. More calls coming up right here on WNBF Binghamton. It's 11. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Good morning on this Tuesday, January 3rd. You're listening to WNBF. On January 1st at approximately 5.45 p.m., Broome County Sheriff's deputies responded to Route 7 near Hancock Road in the town of Colesville for a hit-and-run motor vehicle accident involving a bicyclist. Community members found the bicyclist near the accident scene and provided immediate first aid until the arrival of EMS and law enforcement. The victim, Brennan Loveless, a 13-year-old male of Sanitaria Springs, was transported by EMS to Wilson Hospital and subsequently to Syracuse Children's Hospital for treatment. The victim sustained significant life-threatening injuries and was pronounced deceased at the Syracuse Children's Hospital. The subsequent investigation thus far has determined that a pickup truck traveling east on Route 7 struck the victim and continued driving away from the scene. Members of the Broome County Sheriff's Office Accident Reconstruction Team and Detective Division responded to the scene. Photos of the suspect truck were released and generated valuable tips by community members. On January 2nd at around 5.30 a.m., a vehicle operator called the sheriff's office to report a motor vehicle accident on Bevere Street in the town of Kirkwood. The operator alleged to have swerved into a ditch to avoid striking a deer. The subsequent investigation revealed this vehicle was in fact the one involved in the fatal accident on January 1st. The investigation has revealed that Bradley A. Law, 34 years old, of Harpersville, was the operator of the vehicle and struck the victim causing fatal injuries. Bradley will be charged with criminally negligent homicide, a Class E felony, and leaving the scene of a fatal motor vehicle accident, a Class D felony. Tips from the community were key in the investigation, and Sheriff Akshar would like to extend his gratitude for their assistance. Sheriff Fred Akshar said, I'd like to applaud and commend the expertise and tireless work of the men and women of the Broome County Sheriff's Office for their quick response and steady action in responding to this terrible accident, for bringing this individual into custody, and for helping bring some closure to the the family of the victim. I'd also like to thank the people of our community for stepping up and providing key information to the Broome County Sheriff's Office Detective Division to aid in their investigation and help ensure justice will be served. Mayor Jared Cram on Friday announced the appointment of Sophie Bergman as Binghamton City Court Judge. Sophie Bergman brings to the bench extensive courtroom experience and a true commitment to justice, said Mayor Jared Cram. She is both a seasoned prosecutor and a compassionate public servant with a history of fighting for crime victims in our community. Sophie's meaningful track record as an attorney makes her an outstanding choice for city court judge. Bergman will fill the city court vacancy created by Carol Cacciola, who was elected to serve as a Broome County Court judge in November. Bergman's appointment is effective January 9th. She said, I'm honored to be appointed by Mayor Cram as a Binghamton City Court judge. 
As someone who lives, works, and is raising a family in the city of Binghamton, I am humbled and grateful that our mayor has chosen me for this appointment and look forward to serving the citizens of the city in this position. Bergman's law career includes nearly a decade as a prosecutor with district attorney offices in Broome County and Warren County. In Broome County, she prosecuted major felony cases, including homicide, violent crime, sexual assault, and drug cases, with trial experience in county and local criminal courts. Bergman served as an assisted assistant district attorney, senior assistant district attorney, and chief of the Special Victims Bureau. Bergman later served as senior staff attorney for the Crime Victims Assistance Center, providing trauma-informed representation to crime victims in a variety of family, civil, and criminal matters. She's also worked in private legal practice at Hinman, Howard, and Cattell LLP and Jackson Bergman LLP. Bergman currently serves on the board of directors for the Catholic Schools of Broome County and Danielle House and is a member of the Broome County Bar Association. She is a prior board member of the WYCA of Binghamton and Broome County and the RISE Domestic Violence Shelter. Bergman earned her law degree from Albany Law School and holds a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science from Union College. She lives on the west side with her husband and children. On January 1st, state police in Watertown arrested Miguel A. Harvey, age 23, from Watertown, New York, for robbery in the first degree, a Class B felony, and criminal possession of a weapon in the third degree, a Class D felony. Harvey is charged with threatening his mother with a box cutter and demanding money. The victim gave Harvey money, then he left the residence. Troopers located Harvey at a residence in the town of Watertown, where he was taken into custody without incident. Harvey was arraigned at CAP court and was held without bail due to having prior felony convictions. He is scheduled for a preliminary hearing on January 5th at the town of Watertown court. New York State Police at Oneonta is asking for the public's assistance with a missing person. Theodore Sikora, age 78, of Davenport, New York, has not had any contact with his friends or family in over two weeks. Sikora was last seen on December 23rd at a local gas station. He does not have a cell phone. Troopers have checked with relatives, friends, and local hospitals, but have not been able to locate Mr. Sikora. Anyone with information is asked to contact New York State Police at 607-561-7400. Prosecutors plan to seek a decade long prison sentence for a man who is expected to plead guilty this week to opening fire in a subway car and wounding 10 riders in an, in an attack that shocked New York City. 63-year-old Frank James is scheduled to enter a guilty plea Tuesday in the April attack. Prosecutors told the judge in a court filing last week that they plan to ask him to go beyond the roughly 32 to 39-year sentence that federal sentencing guidelines would recommend for James. He was scheduled to stand trial next month before his lawyers informed the judge on December 21st that he planned to plead guilty. Defense lawyers didn't immediately respond to a request for comment on Monday. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Today, showers likely mainly between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m., then periods of rain after 10 a.m., some patchy fog between 9 a.m. and 5 p.m., a high near 54 degrees, chance of rain 100%. Tonight's showers mainly before 1 a.m., patchy fog between 9 p.m. and 2 a.m., a low near 52 degrees, chance of rain 80%. Wednesday, showers mainly afternoon, patchy fog after 1 p.m., a high near 56 degrees, chance of rain 90%. Wednesday night, showers likely mainly before 1 a.m., a.m. Cloudy with a low near 45 degrees, chance of rain 70%. And Thursday, a chance of showers mainly after 1 p.m., mostly cloudy with a high near 52, 30% chance of rain. Thursday night, chance of showers mostly cloudy with a low near 35 degrees, chance of rain 40%. You're listening to WMBF, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio 
righto. Mick and the gang. 607-772-1290. As we continue 2023 off to a very special start. Hope your year is uh, rolling in the right direction. And we are here to serve you, give you uh, the information as it's made available. As it's made available. I know you're saying, but Bob, have they said anything else at City Hall? And the answer to that is actually no. <laughs> actually no, they have said nothing else at City Hall. So there. What else? Oh! <laughs> John from Binghamton points out that is by far the muddiest record ever made by that particular outfit. <laughs> John also pointed out, by the way, we were talking about the North Side earlier, and in the interest of being balanced and fair, and we, we heard some of the points that Tommy from Binghamton made, a former city employee, he made some interesting points about efforts to improve the North Side, and it's true. There have been some success stories, not as many as I would like. But John from Binghamton also points out, regarding the North Side, the uh, CVS, which was a relatively new CVS, been there for a few decades, uh, and McDonald's closed. And he says that's all you need to know about the North Side. Well, yes and no. Yes and no. Obviously, the ch challenges, or if you will, the problems that face the North Side are, are difficult. So I'm not trying to suggest that there is some sort of easy solution and certainly although earlier on the program i said my idea is to put in a 24 7 chick-fil-a and a 250,000 square foot wegmans obviously obviously that's not going to ever happen on the north side of binghamton in fact obviously that's not ever going to happen any part of binghamton 250,000 square foot Wegmans plus and a Chick-fil-A that never closes. I mean, obviously, obviously that was done for effect. It would be nice to see, and trust me, I will be watching closely to see what City Hall does with the Binghamton Plaza site because they certainly finally appear to be ready to do something about it, why they've allowed that so-called retail complex to languish there for so long, I don't know. Uh, I, and again, I, I understand it's not easy. If it was easy, it would have been fixed a couple of decades ago. But we have seen the decline of the Binghamton Plaza, let's face it, Everything was moving quite nicely in that particular part of the north side during the 60s and 70s. I mean, certainly it was a big improvement, I think, for the neighborhood to shut down the city dump at Stowe Flats. And it was certainly a big improvement to shut down the incinerator, the foolishly constructed incinerator that ultimately had to be torn down. That was a Binghamton debacle. 
so those were improvements. And as far as the situation with Binghamton Plaza, why it's just languish, you certainly can't force anyone to open a store in any given neighborhood. So after Kmart shut down and the few other stores that were there tended to shut down, of course, to be fair, there still are several businesses operated by proud people that are at the Binghamton Plaza. So I should acknowledge that. So you've got businesses that are critical for a lot of people. So we can't lose sight of that. And hopefully those businesses will be accommodated in some way with a future redevelopment project. So hopefully, as City Hall works on that issue, hopefully the um, solution or solutions will include a residential component and a business component. But it's going to take time and also it's going to take a lot of money. 1117, let's go back to the phones. Good morning, WNBF. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Selena from Binghamton. Hi, Selena. Hi, um, Bob. Happy New Year, by the way. And same to you. Um, I don't understand why the mayor doesn't do anything about the 200 block of Front Street. People going 60 and 70 miles per hour through there uh, where the crosswalk is. Someone had to slam on the brakes again earlier today to avoid hitting someone. Well, what they did for a while, and I think it had some impact for while it was in place, they had the... A speed monitoring sign that display I think was helpful that they they put up there near that curve where the yeah, Red Oak restaurant yeah and yeah but um from the health department to the Red Oak people are really racing oh I know but I don't know what the answer is and we, okay. we hear we hear this we hear this complaint in uh, several other spots in Binghamton Glenwood Avenue yeah, Beethoven Glenn, Street. There. Yeah, Beethoven Street. I got killed on that one. Well, you know, unfortunately, drivers, drivers really need to slow down. I, yeah, well, they don't listen. You know, uh, there should be lighted crosswalk signs at the where the mom and pop store is. Well, I, I think that might help. They're so expensive. I know that they're popping up in many parts of Binghamton and elsewhere around here, and I think it's a step in the right direction. Those uh, special installations with the bright flashing lights. Yeah, they, yeah that's I, what's on Main Street. Yeah. I and, and one, I wish there was one here on front. Well, maybe they'll do that. The problem, uh, problem is they're so expensive. The other thing is sometimes I suspect they give pedestrians a false sense of security so they push the button to activate the flashing lights yeah that's what's supposed to be right down there by the mom and pop store but they won't do anything about it yeah well maybe maybe when i'm talking to city hall maybe i'll bring that up because that's a it's a spot because i i've seen some serious crashes there i don't recall recently any 
any pedestrians being struck, but I know there are a lot of close calls. I mean, the bottom line still is, and this is too much to expect, apparently, that uh, drivers would just slow down and pay more attention. But the other point, and it's now more important, more urgent now than I think it's ever been, pedestrians also have to pay attention all the time. I, I yeah, insist, a lot of them don't. A right, lot of them don't. whether they're looking at their phones or just, as I say, situational awareness is critical. And that means if you're going to be out walking, even if you're on a sidewalk, don't assume just because you're on a sidewalk that you're not at risk. Remember, yeah, there was a there was a guy, there was a guy in happened, in Binghamton. Look what happened a few years back? A guy got run over right there at Red Oak. Well, I don't recall that. I do recall where a, a person was was struck and killed over on the west side near the fire station on yeah, Main that, Street. Yep. And they said that uh, she was driving, I guess, under the influence of drugs. So, and well, that's look what look what happened on uh, Beethoven Street. And that guy was driving under the influence of drugs. Yeah, he was you know? too. And and you know, sadly. Even now, here it's 1121 on a Tuesday morning, but I guarantee that there are some people right now driving on Beethoven Street or Front Street or somewhere in Binghamton in the First Ward or on the west side or any part of the city where some people are under the influence of drugs and alcohol or even both. Yeah, I know, but that's why I uh, put out numerous calls to the mayor. Please put speed limit signs in the 200 block of Front Street, but nothing ever happened. Yeah, well, the, it's a racetrack. Yeah, ever, well, the, ever, the, the truth ever about since, ever since they milled and paved Front Street under the railroad tracks, it's been a racetrack, and people, someone's going to get hurt. Well, no doubt, no doubt, someone will get hurt. Someone might get killed, and then we'll spend uh, an entire program saying how how regrettable it was and how preventable it was, but and then life will go on, and they'll do nothing about it. I, I, I've seen it happen time and again. You know, there was, uh, there was a guy, he uh, works for Syracuse University, well-paid guy, Jim Bayheim, very well-paid, and he, um, when he was driving up on the interstate a few years ago, his car killed a guy. And so what they did after that terrible tragedy where Jim Beheim's vehicle uh, smashed into someone and killed him, what they did a few years later, they put up uh, new bright lights in that area of, of the interstate near Syracuse. That, that's what happens too often. It's, say I talk ab around here about areas of highways that don't have sufficient lighting, and people just shrug it off and say, oh, you don't need lighting, Bob. Your, your car has headlights. That's all you need. But no, that's that's not the case. What will happen around here is somebody will get seriously hurt or killed in one of these spots, whether it's Front Street in Binghamton or Beethoven or wherever, and then maybe they'll put in new pedestrian lights and crossing uh, alerts and brighter lights, but by then, the person's still dead. Yeah, I know, but you can't bring them back to life. Right. And and that's my point, though, about that Jim Beheim case. Again, they didn't find Jim Beheim was at fall. It was a dark and, and maybe rainy night. I don't recall the weather conditions. Well, wind-driven rain that yeah, it was a it was late at night, and it was a dangerous time to be out driving. And 30-mile-per-hour winds with heavy rain. Right. 
And and so ultimately, after that high-profile tragedy, the DOT then puts up lights. And now, when you go down that that certain stretch of the interstate near Syracuse, now it's well lighted. But I'm yeah, telling but half you, the, half the lights don't work. Well, and that's the thing around here. Do you ever hear anybody? Local officials or the DOT ever explain why they put up thousands of lights in Broome County and so many of them aren't working? There's something about the lighting. Even at the ACA Memorial, all the doves aren't even lit up. Yeah, well, uh, and I've touched on this in the past. A lot of times, the underground wiring becomes damaged because of our our weather conditions. The, The freeze and thaw cycles can easily damage underground wiring. And then it becomes expensive to try to um, to fix the problem. Well, Bob, I really appreciate you accepting my call, and I wish you a happy new year. I just wanted to throw this out there. I just don't want anyone else hurt. I agree. Thank you, Selena. Appreciate your call. Bob Joseph on your side at 1125. This is News Radio, WNBF 607-772-1290 is the number. Broadcasting at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and always available on the free WNBF app. WNBF! Got a breaker one nine. This here's a rubber duck. You got a copy on me, big fan? Come on. Uh, yeah, 10-4, Big Ben, for sure, for sure. By golly, it's clean, clear to Flagtown. Come on. Yeah, it's a big 10-4 there, Big Ben. Yeah, we definitely got the front door, good buddy. Mercy sakes alive, looks like we got us a convoy. See, when you hear a song like that, you quickly learn that it's pointless for people like me to ever complain about rap music. So, <laughs> you see, <laughs> it's always been... There's always been something out there in the um, in the music business to to make you just shake your head. So, whether it's rap or something else, you know, not fortunately, fortunately, the kids don't have to listen to C. W. McCall in 2023. So, I would say we're making making good progress. There's still more that needs to be done, but I can guarantee you will not hear a new C.W. McCall song coming out this year. So for that, we can be thankful. Now let's take a look at the weather because this is one of the better early January forecasts that we've seen in recent years. Cloudy today, periods of rain, some patchy fog as well. High 54 today, between one quarter and one half of an inch of rain. Tonight, some showers and patchy fog, low 52. Tomorrow, showers, patchy fog, high 56. And the mild weather will continue into Thursday. Mostly cloudy with a chance of showers in the afternoon, high 52. Right now, it's 51 in downtown Binghamton at News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Gary from the West Side writes regarding news I missed while I was away. In case you're just joining us, uh, while I was away for the holidays, I stayed away from the news, all the news. 
although it's try as you might unless you live in a cabin in montana you can't escape all news unless you sequester yourself and don't talk with anybody in person or on phone and i wasn't going to go that far still had things to do and people to uh meet and enjoy the the holidays so needless to say a few things did get through even though i wasn't paying attention to the news and gary writes a sad story that happened while you were away the storm that came through christmas eve killed 39 people in buffalo hard to believe that can happen in a major u.s city in this day and age and that's about as much as i know somebody else actually had mentioned that to me and all i could do was shake my head in disbelief so i don't know all the particulars but i did um hear about that tragic event and i still don't quite understand i guess i guess i'll have to read some stories to try to figure out what exactly happened there it's 11:30 this is bob joseph on news radio wnbf wnbf.com Let's say just paging through a couple things here. <laughs> apparently, uh, apparently, there's a quote from um, a congressman. <laughs> I wish I really understood the context again. I guess Kevin McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy is having trouble finding sufficient support for his uh, bid to be the Speaker of the House. So apparently, he has some problems lining up sufficient support. <laughs> so there's this. So I see this now on... Twitter. Let me see. I just want to get a sense of what this is about here. Okay, so apparently this was taken from C-SPAN a short time ago, and it is Kevin McCarthy. And again, we'll credit the clip to C-SPAN. Somebody named Aaron Rupar uh, tweeted this clip. Kevin McCarthy short time ago apparently talking about the situation where kevin mccarthy is having difficulty finding sufficient support so he could be the next speaker of the house for a long time i've been leader for four years i came into this position and we had less than 200 members we are now sitting in the majority we put forth to the american public a commitment to america there's times we're going to have to argue with our own members if they're looking at for only positions for themselves, not for the country. For the last two months, we worked together as a whole conference to develop rules that empower all members. But we're not empowering certain members over others. Last night, I was presented the only way to have 218 votes if I provided certain members with certain positions, certain gavels, to take over the church committee, to have certain budgets. And they even came to the position where one, Matt Gates said, I don't care if we go to plurality and we elect Hakeem Jeffries and it hurts the new frontline members not to get reelected. Well, 
that's not about America. And I will always fight to put the American people first, not a few individuals that want something for themselves. <laughs> so that's funny. Again, that's Kevin McCarthy. And apparently, if one is to believe Kevin McCarthy, and he seems to be a person we can believe, he indicated, Matt Gates said, I don't care if we go to plurality and we elect Hakeem Jeffries. So wouldn't that be funny? I know it's not going to happen, but gosh, that would be funny if a Binghamton University graduate and a man who is widely respected within the Democratic Party, if Hakeem Jeffries wound up becoming Speaker of the House this month because Republicans are unable to get behind Kevin McCarthy, or at this point, one of their own. Now that would be a weird, weird twist. I already have suggested that at some point in the future, Hakeem Jeffries, Binghamton University graduate, ultimately is probably going to serve as Speaker of the House at some point in the future, but that's a weird thing. If it's true that Congressman Matt Gates actually said, I don't care if we go to plurality and we elect Hakeem Jeffries as the Speaker of the House. Oh, if that happened, I would laugh and I would laugh. I would laugh myself silly. As I say, it's not going to happen, but wouldn't that be, <laughs> wouldn't that be a lot of fun to watch? I think it would be a lot of fun. So deal-making is underway now in Washington as Kevin McCarthy desperately tries to find support so he could be Speaker of the House, so he could have all the fun that Nancy Pelosi had as House Speaker. Can you imagine how much fun it must be to be Speaker of the House? No, I can't either. Although I would say it's a lot better than being Vice President of the United States. That much, I believe, to be true. It's 1135. Bob Joseph with you on a Tuesday morning, 607-772-1290. What do you think? If Matt Gates said it, which apparently he did, apparently he told that to Kevin McCarthy... And I don't care if we go to plurality and we elect Hakeem Jeffries to be Speaker of the House. What do you think about that? A House Speaker who actually probably knows exactly where the WNBF building is. Because I'm sure that Hakeem Jeffries spent at least a few nights here in downtown Binghamton when he was a student over in Vestal. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 12.90 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com.
WNBF, all the hits, all the time, 1139. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. Uh, this is WNBF radio station. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Beverly for the town of Dickerson. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, my friend. I missed you. I missed you. I missed you. I said, geez, I can't wait to Tuesday for Bob to come back. Well, I was waiting. I, I enjoyed my my days off, but I was looking forward to returning. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah, I'm getting my I'm getting my my walker on Saturdays to get delivered. Oh, I'm so pleased to hear that. That is is one of the uh, happier things that uh, that happened during the holiday season. So that's great news. Together for me. Yeah, well, that's that's some really good news. Yeah, well, I, you know, when you have one of those standard walkers, you know, you kind of slump over. Next thing you know, you got a backache. Yeah, I I can't imagine how difficult it is. So hopefully, things will be uh, better for you soon. Yeah, did you did you did you enjoy your New Year's? We were up to two o'clock in the morning on on Sunday morning. Really? Were you, were you one of those people downtown over at the the big uh, New Year's Eve bash? Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. They said uh, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know I was invited. So I I missed out. Oh. Yeah, we we. We started watching um, from eight from eight o'clock at night till midnight, and then we then we decided that that we that we stay up longer, so we stayed up to two o'clock in the morning. Whoa! It was different, though. Well, it's a good thing. I think people should stay up till at least two on New Year's Eve. Well, sometimes sometimes I get. Sometimes I go to bed and I'll get up at, oh, maybe 1 o'clock and watch TV for a while. Sometimes I don't go to bed till about 4 o'clock. Right. It all depends. Well, you know, every every year is different, but I I like, I like to uh, see what's going on in the new year because you never know. A, a lot of people say, well, it's the only difference is it's a different... Uh, different set of numbers on the calendar otherwise everything stays the same but you never know it, it could be different there was some guy in new york city that that injured three police officers why what happened somebody somebody used a, a machete and and on uh it was probably oh, about two hours before before midnight I guess they're all in the hospital. Well, I hope they'll be okay. I don't know. They said it. It um, it may have been a terrorist attack. Oh, really? But they got us. They got the guy. One officer shot him in the shoulder. So. Well, so you just got him. Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, it's not one. Th the only thing I know with life is you never know what's going to happen next. You know, I mean, years ago, I used to used to be able to go downtown and stay till 
9, 10 o'clock at night, you can even walk home, but you wouldn't dare to do it now. No, I wouldn't. But you always have to pay attention to what's going on. There's always been um, occasional trouble everywhere, even even 50 or 100 years ago. Yeah, there was even... there was Yeah, there's been quite a few incidents. Yeah. Well, hopefully things will settle down. I think a lot of it is people are just getting confused. Uh, how fast they got that guy from Idaho? Didn't take him very long to get him. Well, that's good news anyway. Yeah, it took him five weeks to get him, but they got him. All right. So did he? Did he say? Did he um, make any kind of a statement? Have they uh, done any interviews with him on TV yet? Uh, I don't know. Not that I know of. All I know is that he's waving his uh, his trip to Idaho. So why I heard on the news that he they found him in Pennsylvania? Is that true? Yeah, there's just near Scranton someplace. Why was he near Scranton? Because he wanted. He thought after he'd done something, he'd go home and and hide. And he was there for Christmas, I guess, or he was going to be there for Christmas. Anyways, they got him. Yeah. Is there any connection to Binghamton? Did he have relatives here in Binghamton? Do you know? They didn't say, Bob. All right. Well, I'll look into it because it, that, that's the one thing. After I heard they, they found him not that far away, I thought maybe he was heading here to visit relatives oh, or hike. I don't know. Then you don't know. No, I thought maybe because there was one time several years ago there was a, a person who was wanted in connection with uh, a crime, I can't remember in what state, but he came to Binghamton to hide out here. And they they found him, but it was scary that somebody who was implicated in a serious crime in some other state, it was, it was scary to find out that according to the police, he was hiding out here in Binghamton. Yeah, I hope that they find that, that Liza, uh, Liza Spencer's Killer. I, I hope they find him pretty soon. I do, too. That's, uh, that's one of the cases. I know the police continue to uh, work that investigation diligently. Anyway, I appreciate your call. Happy New Year. Okay, have a good day. Thanks. It's 1146. Bob Joseph with you on a Tuesday morning. Our number is 607-772-1290. You're listening to News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming at WNBF.com.
11.50 with Bob Joseph, WNBF. Back to the phones we go. It's Karen in Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, hi, Bob. I can't hear for some reason. Are you there? No. Hello? I can't hear yeah. you at all. I can't hear you at all. Yeah, now I can hear you. Can you hear me? No. No? That's I can't, why you're saying no. I can't hear you say a thing. Maybe there's something wrong oh. with the phone. Do you think there's something wrong with the phones? Can you hear me now? Nope. Yeah, that's weird. Something wrong with the phones, I guess. They must have put in new software. Hope she calls back. That was Karen in Binghamton. I'm telling you. You know, they, they put what happens, doesn't this always happen with your phone or whatever, your computer? They they update these things. Or your Tesla. They they do a an update. They update the software. And before you know it, everything is completely, it's gone kablooey or whatever. If that's a word, if that's a scientific term, it goes kablooey because they update the software and it's supposed to make things better. And all it does is take everything that was working well and turns it upside down. 1151 WNBF, good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Karen calling back from Binghamton, Bob. Oh, I can hear you now. I think there was a problem with the software. There's nothing wrong with my software. <laughs> well, same here. So, you know you know who I think we should blame? Uh, the government. Well, yeah, of course, government. <laughs> and Nancy Pelosi, of course. And, of course, Am the I phone company. Yeah, you are. I, I can hear yeah. you now. Anyway, I just wanted to say we missed you because you were gone away for almost a week and a half. Uh, but we're glad you're back. Yeah, so was was that was that weather. difficult? Was that difficult to cope when I was away? Well, we just missed you. I mean, we're used to doing this every day, five days a week. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you it know? it is a habit. But anyway, just want to talk about the weather. We're going to have a couple rainy days. It's just great weather to have a lot of soup and chili. And stay in if you can. Oh, I would love some but, chili. I would love to. Oh. You know what? I really would love most of all a chili dog. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. those that's good eating. It's not good yeah. for you, but it's still good eating. Yeah, so how was your Christmas, Bob? Did you get a lot of gifts, spend time with family? Yes. Good. It was Wonderful. it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Good. Good. Well, anyway, we had some very detrimental weather here. It was really cold, ice roads and the snow and the winds and all oh, it was it was kind of not so nice weather-wise. But um at least we didn't get hit as bad as Buffalo. I saw some of those. Yeah, tell me about that because I I heard oh. I heard a lot of people died. Give me uh, an overview of of how how could thirty nine people die in the United States because of a snowstorm? I I don't understand well, how that could have happened. Governor Kathy Horchel did not let people realize that this was going to be a serious storm, and it it was. And people were out and about, and it just came down a lot of snow and ice and the winds and. They got stuck on a lot of roads out there. And I'll tell you what, Bob, if it was me, I don't care. I always carry a blanket in my car and a, and a real warm mask. I would have been out of the car walking. I don't care how far I had to go um, because you, you'll just die in that, that type of weather. But didn't they, have, didn't they have a weather forecast? Because here in Binghamton, we get weather forecast on TV, radio, um, online, and so on. So didn't they have a weather forecast in Buffalo? Oh. 
You tell me. Yeah, it doesn't. Not. Well, something doesn't sound right. There, there seems to be something well, you know, that I don't it's understand. Sad, yeah, because you know, uh, people did get stuck in the snow, buried the cars, and people froze in their cars. I saw pictures that I don't want to even talk about it. It's like that, that's one way I would not want to have to pass away in my lifetime. It's awful. Oh it's my goodness! Terrible. It is comprehension. Awful. And you know what? I, I don't know how these police officers can deal with what they say. Uh, it, it just, you know what? But a lot of people went out, and there's a lot of people out there helping. We went up there. Our state police are up there with a lot of these big vehicles pulling the cars out of the snow. Um, and after that happened here Christmas weekend, they got more snow this, this last week after Christmas. So it just added to. But anyway. Well, did they uh, send any, any state troopers from this area uh, over yeah, to western New York did. to help? Yeah, they did. And they took equipment there to help them oh, get good. out. Oh, good. Well. It's a, it's terrible. I'm 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 very disappointed to hear that it happened, but I'm I'm glad that people pitched in after after they saw yeah. that there was big trouble. Well, so yeah, but anyway, a lot of the houses they're showing pictures here on social media that they're covered with ice, and I was like, holy cow! When I saw that, I was like, wow! I've never seen anything like it in my life. I mean, I, my my oldest son went to college up there in, at Brockport, so he was right by Lake Ontario. And he he drove home every other at least every weekend for a while in the beginning and then every other weekend. Um, didn't want to be up there. It just the snow is brutal. I mean, because you're by that lake, you know, the Finger Lake. Um, yeah, just, no. well, Lake Erie. I I have been up there um, a couple times for football games, and I got to tell you, even even on a so-called nice day. For a, a Bills game at the stadium, that wind yeah. can can cut right through you. Prayers for the football player last night. There, I forget his name. He uh, had a serious hit and and he had a some heart problems and he's in critical condition today in the hospital. Yeah, Prayers out. yeah. Demar Demar Hamlin. What a terrible yeah. terrible tragedy that is. Hopefully he'll be okay. Appreciate yeah. your call. Sorry, okay, uh, sorry, I was. Care. I'm glad to hear your holiday was wonderful and you take care. Okay, and keep listening. Keep listening because we have a lot to bring you this year. Brand new year, and we don't know. We can't predict what will happen, but we are here for you to keep you posted and to talk about it, too. We're serving the community. We're serving you. I'm Bob Joseph. Pleased to be with you on News Radio WNBF and WNBF.com. Oh, this looks like a good way to close the morning. <laughs> well, not really, but anyway, thank you so much for being with us. <laughs> I'm Bob Joseph. It's truly a pleasure. Don't worry, I'll be back tomorrow morning right here on News Radio, WNBF Binghamton.